Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. My guest today is Sarah Walt. Sarah, thank you for coming on the show. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have a conversation with you. So you are a single mom of six, and you run Sarah Support, an agency that provides practical hands-on support for new and growing entrepreneurs. You help with everything from admin to tech to marketing, content creation, either with tutorials, walking people through it, giving them advice, or by actually doing the tasks. So what got you started with the business you've got now? Um, Honestly, it was kind of a combination of desperation and falling into it accidentally, um, when I got divorced five years ago, I had four children under five. Uh, daycare was out of the question. I just oh, yeah. couldn't afford it. And uh, I needed to bring in an income fairly quickly. And so I was looking around. I dabbled in the network marketing and the direct sales. And mm-hmm. again, four children under five. I wasn't going a whole lot of places. Um, and that's a, that's a production to leave your house at them. Yeah. Um, I was in a mastermind group and mm-hmm. another lady had said, okay, I don't know how to do this. Does anybody know how to do it? I think it was something to do with her email. And I'm like, yeah, I know how to do that. I'll set that up for mm-hmm. you. And she's like, well, how much do you charge for that? So I gave her, I was like, okay, light bulb. I can do this. I can actually get paid for this. Cool. So I gave her a small, you know, random number. I just threw it out there. She's like, awesome. You know, and we exchanged info and uh, she liked my services so much. She recommended me to basically all her friends. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's just kind of grown from word of mouth so that I bring in a, a full-time income now. That's fantastic. You know, uh, you are definitely not the only person who has ever kind of accidentally fallen into a business and went, oh, I can get paid for this. Yeah, that's kind of been the light bulb moment. It was just like, I can get paid for something I can do. I mean, that's kind of cool. And it was so simple for me, but for her, it was such a lifesaver. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the ways we know when we found that thing that we want to do is it's something that does come more naturally or more easily for us, but others get stuck with it. So there's that opportunity to really help make their life better Mm -hmm. while we do something like that. Love that. All right. So you mentioned that it kind of originally grew just by word of mouth. A happy customer starts referring people to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a great uh, marketing avenue for sure. So what have you done over the years to grow that? I mean, it's something that supports you and, and a lot of kids uh, full time. So what yeah. works for you when it comes to the um, marketing growing honestly, part? Honestly, again, it, it's really about building those relationships. Um, I find that, 
you know, I do run the blog. I have a, a small blog associated with this business where I share tips and I share info, but it's more to provide information to my existing clients or former clients when they're in a pause situation. And um, so I'm not using it to market. I'm more doing the social media marketing, gotcha. um, especially uh, where I can really interact with people. Um, so I spend a lot of time in Facebook groups. I spend a lot of time on Twitter. Um, so, and, and honestly, Twitter is where I'm getting most of my clients these days. Okay. It's so interactive. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about it is you can actually have a conversation, um, with people. What kind of information do you share on Twitter or in Facebook groups that's working for you? Cause that's a question I get from a lot of people. They're like, I know I should be on social media, but I have no idea what to post or what to say. Um, well, some of the things that people are looking for is they look for funny. So if you right. can be funny, and even if you don't think it's funny, if you can be funny at all, you're going to get some interaction. Um, share inspirational. The more you can build people up, the better you're going to be. Um, the more people are going to retweet you or quote you or share your stuff. Mm -hmm. um, those are the two things. And then I find that um, – when I can state the obvious, really state the obvious, but in a way that is catchy, right? So boil it down to five words or less, and it resonates. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, that's so obvious, but we never think about it. But really, it is about stating the obvious. The things you think everybody already knows, chances are they haven't thought about it in a while. And when you go out and state that and they hear it again, but in a way that is emotional or connects with them, they're going to remember you. And when they remember you and they're remembering that, okay, yeah, you're someone who builds them up. You're someone who shares helpful information. Mm -hmm. You can help them solve their problem. And they're going to think of you first. I like that. So social media for you is really about just getting visible, getting people to see you, and yes. then being first on their minds when they're ready to exactly. hire. Well, I mean, really, that's what building a brand is all about, right? You want to be memorable, you want to be recognizable, but you also want that connection. And it's those three together that gives you that perfect brand. Gotcha. So when you're looking at, you know, Twitter's just kind of, you put it out there, everybody who's following you, potentially may see it depending on how fast things are moving. Facebook's a little different. How do you decide what groups you interact in? Um, I'm, well, for one, I'm in a lot of groups. Um, it's, it's kind of a case of being as many places as you can. But the ones, like I will switch focus from mm -hmm. one to another to another, um, depending on what's going on, because not all groups are active at the same time. Right. Um, there will be months where a handful of groups go red hot, and those will be the ones I'll be active in, and then they'll die down a little bit as people get busy yeah. and switch to other groups. Um, you look for the ones where your target market is. So you have to really have a, a really clear idea of who you're serving, who you're helping, and you look for where those people are hanging out. And then you look for their questions. And you want to be the first one to hop on to answer the question. And the more often you answer the questions, the more often that you provide those little tidbits of 
help, of encouragement, of motivation. Um, the more they're going to see you, the more they're going to be interested in what you're doing, and the more they're going to reach out and ask for that, the piece that you can offer that you get paid for. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that uh, I figured out pretty early on Twitter, because I've been there for quite a while, was watching for questions. I love that you're applying that in Facebook groups the same way, because when people ask a question, there's so much noise, sometimes nobody's answering. So if you could be the one to jump in there and, and answer, they naturally want to know more about you. Yeah. And if you can be the first one, that's kind of the key, right? I mean, if 15 people have already answered the question, I kind of move on. Unless, you know, unless it's been a case of there's been 15 comments, but they're all following. In which case, I'm going to really pay attention because there's a question that isn't being answered, which means that there's nothing else on the market right now for yeah. that. So I'm going to turn that in my answer into a blog post, an email, maybe a product that I can offer. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. So how do you, how do you take that conversation that's happening in a group where you've answered a question and go to having a conversation with a potential client? Do you reach out to them, wait for them to reach out to you? Like what's working for you on that piece? It depends on how much of a conversation I'm having. Uh If it's been a simple one and done, then I talk it up to visibility. Um, but if I'm going to go into a conversation where I'm, I'm having a back and forth and it's over, you know, a period of hours or even days, because, I mean, Facebook conversations can stop and start, right? Yeah. Um, eventually, I might get to the point like, where I'm going to go to say, okay, you've got, you know, it looks like you and I need to collaborate a little bit. Can I PM you? Can I private message you? Or how about you email me what exactly you're looking for, and I'll see what I've got that would match that. Gotcha. And oftentimes that turns into the sales conversation. So. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I The reason I ask is I know people are listening who are wondering, like, how is she doing that? How is she getting clients from social media? Because Again, we all know you're supposed to be on social media, you're supposed to be consistent, you're supposed to be active, but so few people actually understand what to share and how to do it in a way that does attract clients into their business. There's, so, yeah, yeah, social media rules can be a little bit confusing, but you've got to treat it as, um, there's there's three separate things you do on, on social media. One, there's when you're building up your visibility. Um, so you're going to be really super focused here. You're not looking in the groups. Look on other people's pages. Look what they're sharing. Look on other people's feeds. You're not looking for those questions. You're looking for the things that you can share that will, you know, that you can tag them in because that brings your brand, your name out to all of their followers. Mm-hmm. You want to kind of hitch a ride on the train. I like that. <laughs> for trains that you can hit on to. Uh-huh. Um, so that's your sharing visibility portion. Then you're looking for the relationships that you can start building. So look for your target market. Look for their questions. Look for their problems. Um, I'm doing two things when I'm doing this. I'm looking to, A, directly gain clients. But, B, I'm also looking for product developments. Um, I'm looking for problems that, that are coming up repeatedly because those will then lead into blog posts and product development. Um, so I look for those. And then the third thing is, you know, for your casual reading, relaxation. I mean, we all do that, right? 
but that's where the cat videos are allowed. You're allowed. And I mean, it's fine to do that because you're still being visible and you're still community building, which is that piece that you need on social media. Um, You want to collaborate with other people that you might think of of as competition. They're not competition, really. They're just part of your community. And the more you collaborate with each other, the more both of your audiences will grow. Well, I think that that kind of goes back to what you mentioned at the beginning about, you know, being funny, being motivational. Um, If we feel like we aren't those things, because a lot of people, they don't feel like they're funny. They don't feel like they're that inspirational. But you don't, it doesn't have to be you. You can find things to share that are funny. I mean, there's so many memes out there and videos and all of these things that all you got to do is click share. And like you said, tag the person who shared it first. Tag the person you're sharing. It it works really well. Um, Like, I'll just give an example. Um, I have a a personal blog that I've been attempting to grow. And I've been doing this because it's about my kids. So it's about my personal life and my kids. And Uh in the last 90 days, I've just been doing meme sharing and I've been doing tagging other posts. And Uh I've grown it by over 50%. Gotcha. So it's really working for you. Right. So, you know, you can, you can get it to grow um, when you have built the community with other people who are doing the same thing you want. You want to have that community because they'll share your stuff. Yeah. You know, they will, like people will reciprocate, but you have to start. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, let's, let's shift gears a tiny bit here to something related, you know, in addition to sometimes people not knowing what to share and, and the strategies help with that, like, here's some tactics, go grab this, share this from this person, those kind of things. But we've also got people who, and I know a lot of them, they just don't want to do the social media. So if it's somebody that's coming to you and looking for that type of support, because I know you help with content creation, mm-hmm. what should someone look for? when they're looking to hire somebody who can help manage those pieces? Cause it's a little scary. I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, I admit this is not something I want to do in my business. It's another thing entirely to say, I trust you with this piece of my business. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give somebody who's, who's thinking about it? The first thing that they have to have is a really strong brand. You have to know exactly what your visual look is going to be, mm-hmm. exactly what your voice, like what your brand's voice is going to be. Without those two pieces, it doesn't matter who you hire. It's not going to go anywhere gotcha. because they're going to share their stuff and claim it's you, but it's not going to be consistent with who you are. Um, So have the visual piece locked down, have it written out so that you can just give whoever you're hiring and say, you know, if they're creating social media pieces for you, Mm -hmm. it has to have these colors in it. It has to have these fonts in it. It has to have these kinds of messages in it. And you have to have that piece in place before you can hire anybody. That makes sense. If you don't know what your own voice and brand are, somebody can't follow it and, and come across in the way you want your company presented. Exactly. And then having that, that message mm-hmm. pinned down is also really important. I mean, yeah. if you're going to be a health and wellness coach, you don't want somebody that you've hired to do social media for you to be making fun of people who have you know, a disability, right? You don't want them to be focusing on parenting information or financial information when your niche is health and wellness. Um, You want to have that message 
pinned down mm-hmm. so that whoever you're hiring can follow that. That makes a lot of sense as to why it, you got to know those things because otherwise you're just handing something off and how are they supposed to know what to do with it? They're gonna, you're basically wait, throwing your money away then. Yeah. yeah. So assuming somebody's got those pieces in place, like they know who their audience is, they know generally this is the kind of information I want to put out there, this is how I want to show up, how do you go about filtering? Because there, there are a lot of people who can help support with different pieces. How do you find the right person for your business? Um, it depends on exactly what you're looking for. I mean, I would go with someone who is going to specialize. The, the more specialized you can get, the, be- the more comfortable you're going to feel, for one. Um, and the more you're going to know exactly who's doing what. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you, you will run into trouble with boundaries and, and with not being able to delegate. Because yeah. when you're a solopreneur, you, you're used to having all the control. Um, it's really hard to hire someone and then actually let them do their job. But when you're hiring someone for one specific or two specific tasks, um, for example, a blogger, I, the first person that I would recommend they hire is someone to manage the Pinterest. Okay. Um, because okay. Pinterest is huge for blogging. Uh, any blogger needs to be on Pinterest. You have to be on Pinterest because that's where you're going to get the majority of your traffic. So the first thing I would do is, is to hire for Pinterest. And you're going to want to make sure that they know what the proper sizes are for Pinterest graphics. Mm-hmm. They know about Pinterest keywords, that they know about SEO and how it relates to Pinterest. Uh-huh. You to know how to use Tailwind and how to use those tools. Right. You're also going to want to know about um, giving you a suggested schedule of pins, of, you know, suggested board names, of, you know, all of those little details, you want to make sure they know, even if you don't know, they should know what they're talking about, and be able to verify that. So that's kind of about knowing the right questions to ask. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so let's rewind for one second to something you said there. Why Pinterest? Uh, For blogging, specifically for Pinterest. Mm -hmm. Pinterest is one of those unique tools where it's not social media. It's not a search engine. It's both. Okay. want to use it as both. Um, okay. You want to gain followers on there because, again, we're talking about people you're collaborating with. They're going to pin your stuff as you pin their stuff. Okay. People pay attention to that. They, they do pay. I mean, I'm on Pinterest. I pay attention to pinning my stuff because I'm there and I'm going to repin their stuff. Okay. Appreciation, right? And the more you build those relationships, the more both of your audiences grow. But Pinterest, because it's that visual media, Uh it's more visual than Google ever is. Um, People will just be scrolling through, and they're going to see the picture. They're going to see the title. Uh They might not click to read yet, but they're going to pin it, and then it'll come up again, and somebody else will see it, and they'll click through. Gotcha. Okay, well, that makes sense. So have you seen, as far as the bloggers you work with, more traffic coming from Pinterest than the other social media sites? Because I know I, I have heard that from some people that, like, Pinterest is this major source of traffic for them. Um, well, I'll give an example of one of my clients. Okay. Um, started her blog last April, and we were completed, had completed all of the branding and the website design by, I think the, it was the end of June. And she's like, okay, so what's next? And I said, well, you need to be on Pinterest. And I said, here's the basics of your Pinterest strategy. 
by September, she'd had over 500 page views per day just from, from, from Pinterest. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pinterest strategy. So you can ramp that up pretty quick when you, when you use Pinterest for the traffic. And that's just Pinterest. That's not Facebook. That's not Twitter. That's not email list. That's just her Pinterest traffic. Okay. So are there specific niches or industries that you see Pinterest working really, really well for versus others? Or is it just kind of across the board you're seeing Pinterest work? Um, if it relates to what a mom is interested in, that's where you're probably going to get. Okay. 86% last I saw, 86% female. Okay. That's, so yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It, Pinterest is a primarily female-driven um, tool. So if it's something that a lady is going to be interested in, chances are you'll find it on Pinterest. Gotcha. That, that makes sense. Okay. So let's see. I'm trying to think what other questions I know people would want me to ask right now. If if you're just getting started with Pinterest, are there any specific tips or tricks for how to build that up? You mentioned a couple of tools a minute ago. You mentioned Tailwind. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else specific that you recommend for people? Well, Tailwind is the one official Pinterest um, approach okay. tool, scheduling tool. So okay. have another official scheduling tool that you're allowed to use. Um, they... You okay. used to be able to use Board Booster, which was another tool for Pinterest, mm-hmm. um, but they've actually been banned. And if you were using Board Booster, your accounts may have been um, targeted by Pinterest as approved okay. gotcha. tools. So be careful with that. Um, the owner no. is is uh, a really unique guy. Um, you want to. He doesn't believe in technology um, as a competitive um, resource. He really wants to to develop that community. Like that's been his focus all along. Okay, way of doing it, mind you. But anyways, my personal opinion is that he (laughs) he really wants it to be authentic. He um, was actually really resistant to approving any scheduling tool at all. And it took a good couple of years for that approval to come through. Um, But he really wanted to be authentic. He wanted to be users, people who are looking for information. He doesn't like that it's being used for business. So most of his Pinterest strategies are designed to encourage regular, frequent, authentic use, not scheduled, not predetermined, not um yeah that that's something that seems to be in common about most of the social media networks they discourage automated tool type things so tailwind is actually sanctioned basically by pinterest now yeah it is it's officially sanctioned it came out last summer i think that it was officially approved as as the pinterest partner so Awesome. And now a few other Pinterest approvals with some of the major mm-hmm. scheduling. I think Hootsuite and Buffer are both approved by Pinterest now mm-hmm. for scheduling, but uh, Tailwind is the Pinterest scheduling tool. That's how they yeah. marketed themselves. That and they do have a lot of really nice tools. Tailwind Tribes are a way to get that community following um, and, and that Pinterest repin strategies going on is is through the tribes so okay um 
I have not used Tailwind in a while. So for people who maybe like me are at like a kindergarten level with that particular thing, what is a Tailwind tribe mm-hmm. and how do those work? Um, okay, if you've ever been in a Facebook group and you've seen uh, this repin thread, yeah, right, where everybody posts their pins and you have to repin all the pins, right? A Tailwind tribe is kind of like that, but it's a combination of a, a pin thread and um, – a group board. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah, group boards are great. I, I When I was active on Pinterest, I got a lot of traffic from those. Yeah. So this is kind of a combination because okay. everybody, all the threads, not just one or random. It's usually, challenge tribes are usually kept small, um, although okay. they need a really big one, but then uh-huh. going to end up with a lot of pins to repin. So is it is it something that's automated or something that you have to like log in, find a yeah, tribe, you can and automate a lot of it too? Okay. 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 How do you decide what tribes to join or to request to join? How does that be? Uh, yeah, you, I think you were, you were, you were request to join them. You're going to want to look for um, tribes that are in your niche, obviously, um, that offer flexible rules that you can actually live with. So make sure you're reading those carefully. Because um, if you're not going to be spending a lot of time on, on Pinterest, then you don't want a large tribe that's going to require okay. you to spend a lot of time on Pinterest. Um, so make sure that you're, you're comfortable with how the group is working, with how the tribe works. Uh-huh. And, and honestly, it's more about finding people that you like, that, they're, that the stuff you like. Right, because chances are, if you like this person's stuff and this person's stuff, and they're in a tribe together, you're probably going to like the rest of the people's stuff too. Gotcha. Okay. So it's just about finding those that are a good complement for what you already do and what you share. Like on Facebook, where you're finding pages that are in your niche neighborhood, yeah. right? Gotcha. Uh, to use to use Rachel Miller's phrase, she calls it a, a niche neighborhood. So That's a cool phrase. That are in um, the same or similar businesses that you're in that have similar blog topics that you talk about Uh, those are the people that you connect with and those are the people whose stuff you share because we have the same same audience got it that makes a lot of sense cool well for those who aren't using pinterest yet or aren't using it consistently you may want to go take a look at uh, tailwinds and, and implement some of sarah's suggestions there um so how can people find out more about connecting with you, about what you do? Where's the best place for people to go to connect with you? Um, probably Twitter. I'm okay. on Twitter a lot. Okay. Uh, if not there, you can always email me directly. Uh, I'm assuming you'll be handing out my email address. If you'd like to, we can put it in the show notes or we can put a link to your website. For me directly, I read every single email. I respond to every single email that... Um, you know, it has a specific request in it, so. Um, All right. What's your uh, username on Twitter? At Zara Support. Nice and Zara Support. And that is spelled uh, X-E-R-A. For those who are listening, X-E-R-A Support. You can find Sarah on Twitter or at her website, zarasupport.com. Yeah. And uh, if you're looking for somebody to help you out with any of those sometimes overwhelming admin, technical, marketing, content tasks. Reach out and have a conversation with Sarah, as you can see from this interview. She knows her stuff when it comes to social media, how to help you get traffic from that, and uh, can probably give you some tips on the best places to look at where to outsource or scale pieces of your business. 
Sarah, thank you so much for your time today. I've enjoyed the conversation. I'm going to have to take another look at Pinterest. <laughs> take another look. That's where you should be. Uh, honestly, every blogger should be on Pinterest. I, I will look at that again, and I'm going to look at Tailwind after, uh, uh, after we get done recording here because I'm actually – very curious to see what's changed in the last six months or so. Um, thank you again. I appreciate all the tips you shared. I know people are going to find some useful things they can take away and apply to what they're doing with their content and with social media and getting clients from it. Yeah. Great. Great. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Wherever you're at watching or listening, please like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Join us again for another episode soon.